Look, well, first, first we got to convince Kwame to listen to Freeway. Jeez, why is it, every segment is convince Kwame to do something ridiculous? Why, There's no, a reason that, for that, though. Is listening to Freeway ridiculous? I, I, I rank it up there, yeah. What's, That's I, why we have to do this. I just, I, I, I just want to hear the reasoning. I, I don't care whether or not you do. I just want to hear why you won't. I mean, it's no really like, well, we'll, we'll get to it. Okay. I, I'm just going to say this. I'll probably say this in the podcast as well. I feel, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I feel can, can we start the podcast? <laughs> right, I'm, I'm just saying. I feel, I feel like you know, what I'm saying, as your friend, you know, what I'm saying, we're we're recommending things to you, and you're shitting on us. You know, what I'm saying, like, and we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not putting out, like, you know, what I'm saying, you need to drink like, water, Kwame. Drink right, water. right, right. Stop burning fossil fuels, Kwame. You know, what I'm saying, and it's like, nah, fuck y'all niggas. We're like, what are you talking about, dog? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Defcon Jive. This is Cannon, aka Zach Morris Chestnut, aka The Hill. Don't run up on me. <laughs> What's up? This is your boy Quams, aka the Black Zeus, the Greek god of Sison, aka Quam Bomba Trail. Yes. Yo, what's good, man? It's Scrapper, aka Earl Lafayette, BKA Pope John Paul Wall II. Yes. And it's your boy Boom. A.K.A. Black Scott Bayo, A.K.A. Versace Chachi, A.K.A. Baxter Stockman, too fly for your humans. Let's get it. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast, Scrap. Good to be here, man. Good to be here. You done your taxes? Yeah, taxes are done. Uh, about to put the condo on the market. And uh, nice. yeah, man, I'm back. Let's do it. The most important question is, did you listen to the podcast? Yes. Thank you. Lie. I liked it. It was good. You was you were that third heart on SoundCloud. <laughs> All right, let's jump into this Bill Clinton situation. This guy is going off the deep end. I mean, we already knew he was going off the deep end based on what he was doing in 2008 when Hillary was first running against Obama. And now, now that Hillary is completely desperate to win, even though she's pretty much a shoe in the win, he is going off the deep end and completely defending all of the criminal bills and welfare reforms and everything that has actually turned out to be bad for black people in general. So what do you guys think about Bill Clinton basically shouting down a Black Lives Matter protester with all of the bad stuff that black people have gone through? So let me uh, uh, speak on this joint. Um, What people don't realize is that, you know, Bill Clinton um, became the president because he ran on this um, platform that connected all minorities and not just, you know what I mean? Minorities of different colors or sexes, but, um, even, you know, the white minority in that, you know what I'm saying? They're not making this amount of money or they might be, um, living in a lower, lower socioeconomic, you know what I mean? Uh, community. So he said, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, white, black, brown, or yellow, you're still getting treated the same. The same laws that affect you affect these other people, making it, you know, the 99 cent, the 99%, excuse me, come together and, 
that's what actually catapulted him into uh, um, presidency. He went against um, uh, candidates that were establishment candidates, and he like kind of knocked it down and saying that you know the people are going to stand up and we're going to riot. What you see now is he's dealing with people that are further left than he is, whether it be uh, Barack Obama, you know what I'm saying, or whether it be Bernie Sanders. So what's happening is the people that he quote unquote championed for um, that he didn't really service. You know what I mean? Have more represent more, more representation. They have people that are actually putting their issues at forefront and are actually, you know, uh, trying to put forth legislation that changes things. And so what people are seeing is that, yo, you're saying you're, you're doing this, but that's not what really it is. You know what I mean? And, and when you had your chance in eight years of office, you didn't really support these people. Mm. So, so it's like, I'm not talking to, you know, George Bush or Bob Dole or, or someone uh, uh, of that magnitude. I'm talking to someone like Bernie Sanders, who's further left than me, so I should do not just what I said I was going to do, but 10 times more than that. So he looks like a fraud. Uh, he's been completely uh, undressed um, in front of the media, in front of uh, the, the populace. And now you can actually see, you know what I mean, uh, what it actually is. You know what I mean? That he's not for these things, that Hillary's not for these things. One of my biggest knock on Hillary is that she's not sincere, that I don't think she's real. She says anything she will she can do to be elected. And I think um, that's showing in Bill now. Mm. Yeah, I agree. He, um, when he's backed into a corner, he seems to come out with something that came from his presidency, regardless of what the stats ended up bearing out to now. He seems to just live back in um, 92 to, what is it, 92 to 2000? Yeah, yeah he was there, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, just, he just seems to live in that land, regardless of what the outcomes were, regardless of what the results were, regardless of what Hillary did back then. He seems to just go back to that, and that's, that's his basis for everything that he's talking about. Uh, yeah, that, that's my point. And then, excuse me, he's not um, battling against someone that's opposing him. Like, I'm not saying that welfare reform is, 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 is not what we should be doing because, you know, people on welfare— are, are uh, utilizing tax money in their, you know, freeloaders or, or nothing like that. He's going against people that say we should do more for re- for welfare reform. And then he's just like, oh, well, um, when you had your chance, you didn't do anything. And he's just like, well, I don't, you know, you know, I can't really speak on that. And it's like, he's between a rock and a hard space because a hard place, because he's saying all these things he hasn't done. And the people that um, Hillary's running against are advocating him to do, do more than that. And it's just like, we see what it is now. Like, you know, like you said, you know, 15 years after his presidency, we're seeing that he didn't do these things. And the stuff that he's saying is ultimately just for the uh, support of the, uh, of the voters. Hmm. So I'm reading I'm reading that he issued a half apology to the Black Lives Matter movement for what, quote unquote, his outburst or talking down on uh, <laughs> down on the protesters. Can you can you comment on that? And, you know, was it? I mean, we we all know that his wife doesn't seem very sincere, but was the, the was the expression of regret any type of did that show any type of sincerity or you know what what was up with that? I think that was politically motivated. You know what I'm saying? Because if you watch the clip or you, or if you read it, when the people came in and they were you know protesting and they were shouting and they're trying to uh, be more voluminous than he was, he didn't react to them in a way that was like, you know, I'm for you. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? I understand what you're saying and I'm with you, but he reacted mm-hmm. in a way like, be quiet. I need to keep this moving. Like, you know what I mean? So it was like, 
Mm. You can't take that back. Like those, like the way that you act in in moments of crises, that's who you are. Right. You know what I'm saying? The moment that you act in in extreme situations, that's the the revelation of your true character. Right. So it's like anything you say after that is is null and void, in my opinion. Here's another question, though: Is this is this? Uh, I, I was I just read a headline that said that Bill Clinton has lost his superpower, whatever that means, you know. But <laughs> is it is it really that bad? Um, considering all of the other things that are going on. Like, th- to me, this seems pretty tame to what's going on on the, on the Republican side. Like, oh, it is. It is know. for sure. But to my, to my point, like, that was, that was Bill Clinton's power. Like, his power was, was to unite the underclass. And when he starts um, polarizing or objectifying the underclass, he does lose, you know, parts of his power. You know what I'm saying? Because like I said, he was going against these these establishment candidates that were saying, you know, we want this to happen. These ultra conservatives that were saying, you know, these Republicans that said, you know, we want to end all these social welfare programs and we want to uh, cut mm-hmm. it back. And do it. and he was saying, no, we need to you know fight for the people. And then when you have a a people based you know movement, when you have a true populist movement, a exactly. True and he's candidate. not even and he's not even listening to it. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Oh, he he's shunning it. Then like that's an indictment against what you stand for. So it's like, I do think that other minority groups, whether it be, you know, Latinos or whether it be, you know, women or whether it be the poor in, in, in general can see that maybe the stuff he said about us, maybe the stuff that he, he, he feigned champion for us is not real. Like, you know what I mean? So mm. I think he, this is a huge notch uh, against him because like, I remember at, at a time people were saying like Bill Clinton was the first black president because right. he, you know, did so much for blacks. And it's like, now you're not even listening to the blacks. So to lose that constituency, I think that's, that's, that's powerful. And the, the article today that just came out was from the Washington post. And the, the headline was after black lives matter dust up, Bill and Hillary Clinton shore up support with black voters. Mm-hmm. And the article goes into talking about how they spent the whole day going to black churches into an <laughs> event in Baltimore. And that is supposed to somehow fix everything about, about how we feel about Bill and Hillary and how they treat black people. It, it's mind boggling. Well, what age demographic are they specifically... Yeah, you know, that was my question, them, you know, because you know? there are there are, the Clintons do have a, a core constituency of black people from the 90s, from the 80s. You know, is this a is this more of a generational thing um, between the, the the demographics of the Black Lives Matter movement or, you know, are those those um, the black constituency that they do have? Are those just they've always been there and they're not, they're not going anywhere. Are you implying that that. Uh that older African American voters are not in line or in tune with the the Black no, Lives Matter well, from, movement. From what I've seen about the Black Lives Matter movement, there, it's it seems more of a youthful movement than the the um, the Black uh, cultural culture uh, and and social um, makeup social demographic of kind of that older Black uh, church um, demographic. But those same older black church goers are having their sons, daughters, nephews, and nieces accosted and assaulted and killed by the police officers. That's, you know that's I mean? fair. So that's fair. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know that. I think that the bigger dynamic is that the the, the race is that he's a, a, a white man or, you know, a white family uh, denouncing, you know, what I mean, not hearing kind of like, you know, uh, shunning the Black Lives Matter movement and regardless of how old you are, in my opinion, and I'm 
closer closer to that of the Black Lives Matter movement. But mm-hmm. I just I just feel like the race is bigger than the age. You know what I'm saying? Like especially black people of that age may have memories or have you know um, had stories of of this police brutality and about segregation and about uh, you know the treatment of African American citizens by police. You know what I mean? It may have been their father, maybe one generation removed. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and it's like, I, I think that weighs heavier than, well, I'm, you know, 65-year-old black man. I don't, I don't like what the kids are doing protesting in Baltimore. I think it's bigger than that. Well, Kwame, being that your state voted overwhelmingly for Hillary, and it was pretty much helmed as the first black state, it was the first firewall for Hillary. How did that go down down there? How did they feel? How, how did older black folks down there feel or were they just you think they were blindly supporting i don't think they were blindly supporting but again in this i mean in this election period i think with regards to whatever you know side of the aisle you're representing it always comes back to well you know he said this but that other guy or you know that other girl it's the right now it's almost like the lesser of two evils you know as much um impetus has been given to voting period you know right now people are like well i'm going to vote for the person or the candidate who does less uh has less mishaps um and is more in line with what i'm trying to do even though he may not be or she may not be completely in line with what happened so while i think um this was definitely a stumbling block for hillary um and the clintons in general uh moving forward into the election process i don't think it's something that would propel unfortunately bernie um up into the the higher ranks of contention i mean i could be wrong but um i don't think the voters down here have you know like i said the whether you're older or younger you know one slip up isn't going to you know it has to be pretty egregious for you to to change who you're going to vote for um and i don't think this was even though it was egregious i don't think it was that egregious to flip people's sides and a lot of the south already voted so it's like this is a, a moot point for them until the presidential election. And I don't think someone who a proponent of the Black Lives Matter movement would be like, you know what, because Hillary and Bill did this, I'm going to vote for a Republican. You know what I'm saying? I don't think yeah, that's going to be exactly. the reality. I think, I think what, they're, what they're doing, the BLM movement, is it's almost more trying to force their voice to be heard um, and with all the candidates and not necessarily with specific candidates. You know, they just want uh, the opportunity to speak and get this message heard, you know, in front of everyone and make all the candidates, you know, no matter what um, political affiliation they hold to address it um, in ways that they feel have not been addressed sufficiently yet. Okay. Bill Clinton's record has been called into question. Skirt. (laughs) Boom Dynamite. Young Don Fondant, you brought an yeah. interesting, interesting thing to our our collective group chat, and that is this argument in sports about records versus championships. Would you please speak on that? Bring it to the bring it to the floor. Yeah, elaborate on. Yeah, that. appreciate that. Yeah. Um. So, uh, this week on um Sports Nation, um, the dude uh Pablo Torre had in- had an interesting monologue, and it was talking about you know sports first. It was talking about big playoff basically, and the big playoff. As as a as something drummed up by the major leagues and by uh, television, 
to, you know, produce more entertainment, you know what I mean, and and more viewership and more patronage and all those other things, such that um, the playoffs and ultimately the run to the championships supersedes everything that's done in the regular season, wiping away every um, uh, regular season feat or accomplishment. The goal of big playoff is insidious in its simplicity. Big Playoff wants you to believe that the winner of a sports postseason tournament is always the most impressive. Big Playoff wants you to ignore that while a single elimination tournament is a foolproof way to entertain us, it is also a bad way to actually identify the best team. Big Playoff wants you to doubt the value of the Warriors chasing 73 and 9, as if the most demanding and definitive team record in NBA history is less worthwhile than a supposedly magical ring that gets given out like a college diploma every single year. As we all know, you know what I mean, the, the, the Warriors are going for um, to tie the record 72 wins or 73 wins uh, in a season most ever. This is only the second team ever to, uh, to win 70 games in NBA history. And uh, the coach, uh, Steve Kerr, was talking about, I don't care if I bench players because I'm more concerned about winning that championship as opposed to um, breaking this record. He's trying to be, his pop, he's trying to be on his uh, Popovich drink. I respect that. I, yeah. He says that um, records are broken and broken by men, but championships last forever, and no one can take them from you. So it got me to thinking, you know what I mean? Um, what is better to have, a regular season or a regular season, a postseason record, or a championship in that sport. So I kind of brought the question to the dudes and and I was my my thought was that many of these sports are ridiculously old. Baseball <laughs> dates back to the 1860s, you know what I'm saying? And so there's a dude right now uh, uh I think it's Trevor Story, you know, who's yeah. uh hit uh like eight home runs in six games and no one has ever done that in MLB history. And although we're just a week, a week and a half into the MLB uh, season, you have to realize that he's done stuff that, you know, people in Reconstruction hasn't done. You know, people in the Civil Rights Movement haven't done. People that, you know what I mean, during the Vietnam era haven't done. Like, you, like I, I'm saying it that way to, to, to show you the, you know, the vast um, time length that this sport has passed. Or um, if you look at when the Patriots lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl. They had the most wins ever in football history. They had the biggest uh, point differential, the most touchdowns ever scored. And it's like when they lost the Super Bowl, it was always like, oh, yeah, this great catch and the Giants are the Super Bowl champions. A year later, we forgot all about this great feat that they did. Uh, 96, they had uh, the um, Mariners won 116 games, something that has never been done in baseball history, in like 150 years, you know what I'm saying? Something stupid. And when they lost in the first one of the playoffs, or ALCS, excuse me, people just forgot about it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just null and void. But, you know what I mean, these records go back 50 years, 40 years, you know what I mean, 30 years. Like, it's crazy. So I brought the questions to the dudes, like, what do you think is more important? To be able to set a record that could, you know, potentially last for 50 years or to win a championship? Championship. Rings matter. Championship. Records get broken. Not all records get broken, though. Right. But yeah, they, go ahead. They, go ahead, Kwan. The very fact that uh, a record can be broken, you know what I'm saying? But you, and all else, you know, no illegal matters, of, you know, uh, 
affecting, you know, your, your status as champion aside, you know, nobody can ever take that ring from you. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, Oh, they can, (laughs) they can, nobody's ever going to wipe off that name off the, off, you know what I'm saying? The Super Bowl list, uh, that Lombardi trophy, you go on Wikipedia, you know, try and ninja edit your name away, but you know, they're going to put it right back because, you know, you, you, you got the ring. If this, if the Spurs go 71 and 11 or 73 and nine or whatever, and then get swept in the first round by Dallas. That record means nothing. It means exactly. absolutely it, nothing. It, 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 how could it mean nothing? Like when, when in Major League Baseball, when um, Barry Bonds and then um, Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire were hitting all these home runs, right? Or not even that. See, Alex Rodriguez. Like that's more uh, prevalent. Or I'm not more, more uh, contemporary than, than those other guys. But um, when Alex Rodriguez is hitting these home runs and you see he passes Babe Ruth, Willie Mays, you know what I mean? That stirs the question about you know what i mean the steroids and and is he better and all that like the fact that he's passing these dudes names you know what i mean the fact that he will be on the top three list you know what i mean in mlb history you know means something regardless of the fact of how many world series he's has won matter of the fact that how many you know uh golden gloves or silver slugger awards he has won passing those names mean something like 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 i said baseball's been around since like 1860 you know what i mean basketball's been around for 60 years you know football like these things go and it's like the fact that you know Brett Favre broke Johnny Unitas's record you know what i'm saying like like that means something well, what, uh, regardless but of how do you i guess the question is how do you how do you weight that against a championship because it's two completely different you're talking about individual accolades versus you know, a, a team potentially going back to um, uh, the Patriots, everybody remembers that one loss, you know, it's like it, you know, how, how are you waiting? It? I, I don't know what the metric is to do that. I mean, would, would you not put them like the point is that the championship or the, the, the sports playoff does not always, you know, connote the best team. The Patriots that year could have been, arguably are the greatest team ever. Right. You know what I'm saying? Did, did they lose in the Super Bowl? Yes. Are the other teams that are listed for greatest team ever lose? Yes. So it's like just because they lost at one point, like what if they what if they lost game one and then won, and won the rest of them joints? You know what I'm saying? Like it's – that. My, my point is that that feat still needs to be recognized. Like, you know what I mean? Like let's not throw away the baby with the bathwater. Uh, if you listen to the Pablo Torre spot, he says that, you know, playoffs have been brainwashing us to forget about these things mm. and to glorify just these championships. My point uh, to Kwame earlier in the chat was look at the the NCAA tournament, for example. You know what right. I mean? You have these teams that have great seasons and they'll get into this tournament and they'll be, you know, 33 and 3 and they'll, you know, be killing everybody mm. and then play a team that's just, you know, the stars align and they play a, you know, Wichita State or they play a, a, a Florida Gulf Coast and just by happenstance, they lose, and they're not allowed to play any other games. They're not considered great, like, you know what I'm saying, just because a fluke or maybe a bad call or maybe, you know what I'm saying, like something that goes down in that vein. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that that takes away from the team, takes away from the individuals, takes away from what they accomplished, you know what I mean? And I'll give you, I'll give you something about the championship thing is that in baseball, you had the whole Black Sox scandal back in, I think it was the 20s or 30s, yeah. And they took those championships, they took those wins away. However, we still talk about the records from those times, even though the Black right. Sox were known as mm-hmm. cheaters. Well that's that's right. that's why I mentioned that's why I mentioned the fact that, you know, 
nefarious and illegal activities aside, you know what I'm saying? They can't take those. They, yeah, they erased it off the record book or whatever, but you know what I'm saying? They still, they still went out and beat them cats though, you know? Let me bring you another example. Um, when you have leagues that come together, when you have the AFL and the NFL merger, when yep. you have the AHL and NFL, and I'm sorry, the AHL and NHL mergers, you have those championships that happen. Personally, for the for my Philadelphia Eagles, we have our 1960s championship where we beat Vince Lombardi in the championship. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean anything in the Super Bowl era because right. of the merger. But but we still reference records that came from the AFL. We still say, you know, the most tackles since records started being recorded, the most catches since records started being recorded. So to me, that's why records mean more than championships, because anything can come across and wipe those championships out, whether it be mergers, whether it be illegal stuff, whether it just whether it be a steroid scandal, it could be anything that could wipe it out. But uh, those records, Barry Bonds' name is still there. Mm-hmm. And it needs to be a metric for people that, that, that are without championships. So look at someone like Chris Carter and you look at his, you know, number on all time reception list. And you're like, this dude is Hall of Fame, you know, worthy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Regardless of not winning a, a championship, but you said, damn, he's like third behind, you know, Reggie, uh, behind Jerry Rice. And it's like, damn, I'd be that close to Jerry Rice. He must be right. dope. You know right. what I mean? Just having those records mean a lot and if you're a, a sports historian or someone that really you know values sport i think why to me truthfully why i was against the uh the awards because that bulls you know air was such a part of myself you know what i mean and 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 growing up and i thought nothing could ever you know top that and and uh, not yeah. just winning the championship but the fact that the 72 wins. That's something that Jordan talked about. He said, you know, you know, somebody who probably will come around might win six rings. You know, Bill Russell has 11. Like, he's not that. But he was like that 72 and 10 joint. I don't think, I don't think no one's going to touch that. Like, he was more proud of that than winning six championships because people won more than six championships. Mm. And yet here the, the, the Warriors are about to, you know what I'm saying, possibly, possibly approach that and overtake that record because it can be wiped off. But you know right. what? You go back and ask Chris Carter, you know what I'm saying, if he'd rather you know, get that, you know, second all time behind Jerry Rice and receptions, or if he wants that ring and let's see what he says. Do you want that record or do you want that ring? I bet you nine times out of 10 and that 10th time he's probably asleep. He says he wants that chip. It sounds like, it sounds like we're split down, down the middle on this, uh, on this topic. I'm I'm, I'm still on, on the championships matter more, but I will say that it is, it's more exciting to watch history unfold, you know, as these records are broken, you know, Watching someone hit, you know, 68, 70 home runs or, you know, watching Stephen Curry hit 383 pointers like it is it is more exciting because on the real, a lot of the championship games are letdowns. <laughs> um, right. But uh, I, 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 I don't I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll end with that. And my, my last point, like I said, on the joint on any given day, you know, a great team can play bad and a bad team can play great. You know what I'm saying? So. Regardless of what happens in the championship run and the playoffs, like you can't put down the fact that Tom Brady threw fifty touchdowns. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't you can't take that away that they were beating Bamas by forty points a game. You know what I mean? Like no, that's not that can't be erased. Right. But you play to the end point, and the end point is a championship. I guess that maybe that's why I'm standing. You know, that's what you're playing for. You're not playing to break records. I mean, I agree, and I'm, I'm not saying you should play to. I'm just saying that. 
while the goal is to win a championship, and while I do value championships, I think that if you are lucky enough to break a a, a sports record and and preferably a real sports record, not like you like like I said earlier, if you score the most goals in the in the uh, in the MLS, which only been around for like ten years, you know, or you know what I'm saying, as juxtaposed to you know, having the highest batting average in baseball, which has been around since, you know, the 1800s. Like, I think that weighs into it, like, tremendously. Right. So we're watching these championships and these records being broken on cable. A lot of them. <laughs> Skirt. <laughs> Go ahead. Skirt, Skirt Kenny. Keep it moving. <laughs> Scrap, you brought up an interesting point that you are thinking about cutting your cable. Now this is this is a new wave where because we have things like HBO Go, because we have things like Hulu and we have things like Netflix, right. it seems like you're able to be able to cut the cable pretty okay and not miss much. Right. Right. Um what spurred this thought on and, and what are your thoughts on it? So um really, you know, what what spurred this this topic is the wife and I have had have been loyal <laughs> Comcast customers for for multiple years and open up the bill one day and I see that it is the the, the size of a small car note. Um, <laughs> and um, so I call them up and I, you know, I say, well, you know, what's going on with the bill? It's, it's been steadily increasing for over the last couple of months. And they say, oh, sir, you know, and and to so, uh, you know, on our end, we did order a couple movies, you know what I'm saying, uh, that we could watch from the comfort of our own home. But the it was a dramatic uh, $50 increase in, in the size of the bill. So uh, what they informed me was that my contract had expired and that, you know, if I wanted to get the best price <laughs> with the best uh, cable company, you know, better than Fios... Um, that that I would need to renew my contract, and I, uh, I I quietly and calmly told them that I would not be renewing my contract. Um, <laughs> and this this all happened while I was uh, in the middle of watching the the Daredevil season two. And did y'all already talked about that? Did I miss that convo? Yes, you did, yeah, and you would have heard it if you listened to the last podcast. Uh, yeah, so there. Yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> um, so so what? <laughs> what that 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 also kind of spurred this uh this topic of uh of conversation because i find that the 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 streaming um the streaming services no not not that you can just watch them all the way through and you can binge you know you can watch these shows but the quality of these shows is is really it's 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 rivaling the cable networks um so much that i know that comcast is in a trial session on a streaming only service. So, um, I have Netflix, I have Amazon prime. Um, I might get a Hulu account. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to, you know, kind of poll on your thoughts on streaming services, um, the quality of the, of the content and, you know, where it could actually go. Um, because I see it as a great thing. My only, my only, you know what I'm saying? Joint. Well, I actually contemplated this myself and I am a Comcast customer. But my hangup was sports, you know what I'm saying? Yes. I do watch, you know, out-of-market sports on my computer, and it's kind of whack, <laughs> and it's spotty, and it's, you know what I mean? So I, I don't know about that. Um, and also, like, I just want to have some stuff on the big TV. Like, do you have, like, a you know like an Apple TV, or do you have a, a integrated television or something? No, like that? I just, uh, I have, um, 
just the services I log in on my computer. I do have a Chromecast, which is dope. Um, cause you know, whatever I have on my phone, I can stream it straight to the TV or, you know, if I'm logged in on a computer, I can do that. I also, you know, I also have the, the, um, services on my Xbox. So, um, it's not a, it's not too much of a problem for me. I, I kind of like the fact that I can log in on different, uh, different devices and, uh, you know, I'm not just limited to, um, a computer. So I think that that kind of helps out, but I do, I, I, you know, I do, uh, I feel the same way about the sports, the sports program. And that is something that I would miss. Um, so yeah, I guess stay tuned on that. Well, um, I, um, <clears throat> let me see, what was it? When my first child was born to save a little money, we actually cut the cord, you know what I'm saying? So all we had was internet and, um, you know, at the time, you know, just over the air television or whatever. So, you know, you could get your local, um, Sundays, you can get your local football, whatever they show Mm -hmm. on, on, um, CBS or Fox or whatnot. Um, at the time, and then I want to say, um, ESPN had just got the rights for the Monday night football. So I missed that. And then, um, I mean, other than that, like you said, the sports, you know, football is my biggest thing. Um, and I haven't been able to watch my team, the Packers, reliably since I moved down here. So I've kind of gotten used to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't it actually wasn't that bad. Like for Monday Night Football, I just head over to the gym, you know, what I'm saying and hop on the treadmill and, and watch it. You know, so I, you know, I get some exercise and and get to watch the football mm-hmm. or whatnot. But I will say, like now. It's like three hours. It, hey, look, dog, <laughs> I, my quadriceps were like, you know what I'm saying, steel pipes. Um, but um, I will say now, like, the only TV I watch is sports. Um, you know, football religiously when it comes on. Like the like the girls, I mean, uh, my, my youngest is on, you know, watching Elmo on YouTube. Uh, the older two, they love Netflix, you know what I'm saying? They use my old iPad or whatever. They're always on Netflix. Um, I, I mean, I feel like we could we could cut the cord right now and nobody would feel any ill effects um, mm-hmm. until uh, uh, football comes back around again. But, you know, what I'm saying even now, like like you were saying, boom, you can get online, you can watch, you know, slightly grainy 480p, you know, what I'm saying Packers games right now with the technology that's available. So. No, I joint I joint gave my uh I think first row sports gave my uh, laptop to Hiv joint. Like it, it just went all black though. Well, I mean you can't you can't be just dipping into any, you know, honey pot you see around here, you know what I'm saying? Like you gotta <laughs> do your due diligence. Yeah, first. shout out the shout out to First Row Sports for being the premier bootleg sports watching website on the internet. They joined a super bootleg, dog. <laughs> Scoot always be like, I got these sites. I'm like, I don't need your sites, dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I got them sites from, cause that's exactly where I got them I sites from. I don't need them sites, bro. But low key, like, man. I mean, my bill, my bill is half of yours, scrap. So I don't, I don't know how y'all do it, man. Like, um, I mean, my 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 joint went up twenty bucks, and I was just like, oh, I'll eat it right now. Yeah, um, man. I don't think we're gonna be doing it too much longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got the, I got the, you know, I got the Chromecast. I got the, um the Amazon Firebox, and then we got two um, internet-connected TVs, you know? So, like, mm-hmm. at any given point, we could pop Netflix on somewhere and have some kid entertaining out of my hair. <laughs> Who is that, dog? Somebody's licking the candy wrapper. Ah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> I got it marked out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just edit the whole thing out. <laughs> That's bo- <laughs> bo- boom was in that bag. Of, boom was in that bag of pork rinds. <laughs> right, right. Oh shit. So anyway, okay. so Canon. I mean, what what do you are you a uh, uh, you got the rabbit ears or what what do you use? So I have the full cable package and I regret it. Yeah, you. Yep. But <laughs> the thing is. Because the way cable companies are set up now, I can't get the channels that I watch the most right. without paying for everything. Right. So I I love science programming. That's my thing. I love the science channel. I love discovery. I love anything having to do with space. So any, any science programming. I also love the Cartoon Network because that has Adult Swim. I love Comedy Central. I love uh, all the nature shows. Pretty much anything that's not available on basic cable, I'm watching. So I have to pay for the whole thing. So for me, the the answer is a la carte. The problem is nobody offers a la carte. Right. Um, right now, Sony offers something called the PlayStation View, which is as closest to a la carte as you can get Mm. but the way that it works it's not everything is live Mm. one Mm. local channels aren't always available it depends on how close you are to cities two and number three it's not a full-fledged dvr what it does is if you want to watch something you mark what you want to watch so let's say i want to watch the newest Aqua Teen Hunger Force on Adult Swim. Right. With the PlayStation View, I will mark it. And then when I want to watch it, when I have time, it'll actually play a stream of it. It's not a full-fledged DVR. So that's not a bad alternative. However, there are still problems with how it's programmed. They might stream it in SD instead of HD. It might stream the wrong episode because it's pulling it from a certain programming file. It could stream it from the wrong... Wait, what did you say? It, 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 can, it can stream the wrong... Episode? Um, quality. Oh. Yeah, it can stream the wrong episode. It can stream the wrong quality. Wow. Because if they play if they play this episode tonight, but then they play it again Tuesday night, and I go to watch it on Thursday, it may pull the stream from Tuesday night, mm. which... You know, because it's a rerun, maybe it goes, maybe it cuts off or, or, you know, anything can happen. Yeah. So that's the only downside to the PlayStation View. The upside is it costs a lot less than cable, but then it's also also you miss some live action. You miss some live sports. And that's that's the other thing that we, we need to talk about, too, is the whole social aspect of TV viewing now where we have live, mm. we have live tweeting, we have yeah. live commenting. We're all watching the same thing at the same time. You miss that community if you cut the core in. Yeah, I guess it depends on your personality. I mean, I, I'm not too concerned with that. I mean, no, not I, at all. I have no. I have a Twitter account, but I'm not actively on there, Jane. Um, no, you are not. You know, um, you know, TV. Spoiler alerts. TV, TV <laughs> to me. I mean, I'm not. I'm not looking to. I can talk about it with y'all after the fact, but I'm not, I don't need that real time, you know what I'm saying? Live tweet joint LeBron, you know, live tweeting a game from 20 years ago. Like I, I don't care about that stuff. So, <laughs> you know, I, I disagree. Cause like 
you know what I'm saying? Me, me and the wife had a joint, and it's like, you know, we had to watch Game of Thrones, every Game of Thrones episode together. And uh, one joint, she couldn't watch because she was away, and it was the Red Wedding joint, you know what I mean? Mm. And I couldn't go anywhere. You know, like, I wasn't soliciting, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> without he, people saying, telling, yo, did you see that joint? Yo, it was so crazy. So I'm just like, yo, chill. I got to watch it tonight. And this, <laughs> and this is, and we watched it Monday night, but just going out that, you know what I'm saying, Monday going to work, you know what I'm saying? Like commute. It was on the radio. Like it was just everywhere. So like, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. Th- I think to to Cannon's point, that's huge. You know what I'm saying? Like you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And even when I watched it, to be honest with you, I was a little like um, disappointed because I heard so much about it. I thought it was gonna be like AKs. I know it's a it's a period piece, <laughs> but I thought it was gonna be like like something crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like it was yeah, crazy, but yeah, I thought it was kind of crazy though. <laughs> No, no, it was. It totally was. But the way that, you know what I mean, I heard so much about it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this, it, must, it must be happening now. Something's going to happen right now. It's going to happen right now. Like, it wasn't, I wasn't able to really enjoy mm. it and to get that same feeling I would have if I just watched like anybody right. else. Because you knew that something was going to happen. That's what you were, right. that's what you were watching for rather than just watching to watch the episode. Exactly. Because you you, you, that, when that joint came out of left field, the, the, the red wedding joint. But I can I can understand your point how, you know, if 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 you pay attention to to things out, you know, the social medias or, you know, just I mean, not even social media, just like, like you said, listening on the radio, it can't it can't take away actually. And that's more to my point, kind of, because it takes away from the experience. Yeah. Kwame doesn't know anything about what we're talking about because Tom Bombadil is not involved. Nope. And I don't watch Game of Thrones. So I don't run into that problem. You know what else you don't do? Put a beat on. <laughs> Skirt. What? You know what I'm saying? If I get rock, this shit for my kids, nigga. It's that real shit. Even though what we do is wrong. We still hustle till the sun come up. Crack a 40 when the sun go down. It's a cold winter. Y'all niggas better bundle up. And I Bobby, be why don't you listen to Freeway? Uh, he just never appealed to me. Like, like um, his... Um, rhyming patterns I could never get in line with and um you know like they were always just kind of out of left field he just you know his style I just I just couldn't get with his style at all even though you know I'm saying you know I I I rocked with uh you know Siegel and and even you know I'm saying the dopest duo ever created Philly's Most Wanted um it's, um, God, shots, shots. <laughs> uh, it's just you know for some reason I just could never get with Freeze. Uh, his 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 rhyming pattern. His voice is it just his voice? Nah, you know, like I I've got three high pitched girls right now, so his voice isn't a problem. Um, <laughs> it's it, it was just the the pattern of his rhyming. It's like I couldn't you know I couldn't bob my head to it. Like it's like stutter stepping and and oh did he no he didn't yeah. you know so um. I don't know. I just couldn't. I just couldn't get with it. He's he's just not my 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 cup of tea. You know what I mean? Did you listen to Philadelphia Freeway that album? Uh, didn't he have like two singles on there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What we do, and he had flip all, side. Yeah, so all albums have two singles. So I, <laughs> I um I listened to those two. You know what I'm saying? When they were on the radio, you didn't even listen to the whole album. Man, you know, Petey Crack just ruined it for me personally. <laughs> oh, come on, <laughs> come on. <laughs> You keep digging deeper, dog. It's like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, Petey Crack made Freeway sound good. So I was like, you know what? I'm I'm good. Um, I mean, what we do is dope. Okay. You know what I mean? The Mac O'Ring. Uh, <laughs> what, what does that even mean? 
What does that even mean? Like you know what it means. Now the choice sound <laughs> that sound effect doesn't make it's sense in whatsoever. Milwaukee right now. You know what I'm saying? Right. His his. You know what I'm saying? His gun tinkles. Is that what he's saying? <laughs> Speaking of Milwaukee, but you listen to Cuckoo Cow though. I mean, I'm I'm obligated to do that though. But do you think that Cuckoo Cow is better than Freeway? Uh, I can follow along with his rhyming pattern. Uh, I can <laughs> nod my head in time with his beat. He sounds like a grown man, so you know. Let me let me let me let me explain to you why this is vexing. Because of the, <laughs> the, the the fact the fact that you you know what I mean do not enjoy Freeway for his rhyming pattern, you know, connotes the fact that you listen to Freeway intently and follow you know his pentameter, but. You fail to listen to any of his albums <laughs> <laughs> only on the radio. So it's like, I, it's weird, dog. But you can name PD, uh, you know what I'm saying? Cuckoo Cow songs, you know what I mean? I'm not, look, I'm not, I'm not a Cuckoo Cow aficionado, you know what I'm saying? Uh, he came out, uh, was that summer? Of your projects. He, was that summer um, 2001, right before we came for, in? The- fortunately for you, I am a Cuckoo Cow aficionado. Are you? Because <laughs> I, was, I was prepared for this segment. Cuckoo Cow has four albums. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, wow. I know that. Wow. First wow. one released in 1999 called The Walking Dead, released independently, yeah. did not chart, no singles. Second album, Disturbed, came out in 2001. Mm-hmm. That was the album that spurred the hit single, <laughs> In My Project. You got a lot of venom there, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> He then released a follow-up album in 2002 in uh, May called Still Walking, mm. which did chart. It came in uh, number 30 on the U.S. R&B charts. He then followed that up two years later with the album called All or Nothing, which did not chart. So he got, it he did got nothing. the nothing part. <laughs> so we're talking about a four-album dude. Kwame, have you heard those albums? No. <laughs> You're unprepared for this whole entire segment. It's like you didn't listen to Cuckoo Cow and you didn't listen to Freeway. Like how I don't even know why this You're Scrap Junior, dog. I don't know why this segment is a segment. I just said I didn't like Freeway, you know? And then Gannon brought up the fact, like, oh I bet you like Cuckoo Cow though, Kwame. And I was like, Well, you know, I like him better than Freeway. <laughs> Call me. Do us a favor. No, here we Since go. Since you're not going to watch Game Do of I got Thrones, more homework? even though it I... sounded like you were going to watch Game of Thrones. I just had to get y'all off my back, Paul. <laughs> and because you drive a minivan full of kids with headphones on. This is true. <laughs> just, listen, just listen to Freeways Out. Do us a favor. Just listen to two. It's, one is Philadelphia Freeway, his debut album. And listen to the album with Jake One. Stimulus package. The stimulus package. Stimulus package goes. Pause. Can I just listen to this? That's it. Can I just, just listen to those two. I'll listen to the stimulus package. Okay. I can, That's good enough for I me. I do that. I'll put that right on after Game of Thrones. Oh. <laughs> Seriously, though, I don't like Freeway. This week, the black business, we're going to keep it in-house. We're going to keep it home. Our friend... Christian Porter, a.k.a. Young Chris from New Orleans. He came out with a new short story not too long ago. Nick, you want to tell us about it? I mean, the the boy ill with the quill. I can't, you know, we can't fake. He's the dude that brought you the shadow precinct, you know what I'm saying? 
the next installment coming soon. You know what I mean? Like, really dope. I, this is just a sidebar. You know what I'm saying? I'm just going to go off on a tangent. I'm going <laughs> to tell you when I knew boy Chris was ill, he was writing a paper, you know what I'm saying, in Drew Hall. And he wrote a monologue before that joint. And he was like, does this sound like it's too much? And I was like, yeah, it's totally too much. But that joint sounds <laughs> dope. You know what I mean? Like, uh, he was, as I metaphorically shoot hoops in this waste paper basket, he was just going. Like, the boy is dope. Um, like I said, check his joint out. He has a joint on Amazon right now. Please pick up the Shadow Precinct. You know what I mean? That joint's super dope. And the next joint coming soon. And the one on Amazon right now is called Relationship: A Story of Heartbreak and Phantasmagoria. I didn't want to botch that Phantasmagoria joint. Even though you just did. And I'll second that, man. I'll second everything that, that Nick Nick said and uh, what Scott just said. Um, I read the short story and I wanted more. Honestly, I wanted, I wanted the story to keep going because it was that dope. So shout out to Chris, man. Absolutely. And Kwame, hopefully soon we'll be featuring you because you're working on your your penmanship right now, right? Yeah, man. I get about a paragraph a day before I have to go change a diaper. <laughs> <laughs> so go pick up that relationship. It's on Amazon right now. You can get it on your Kindle. It's a short story. I read it. I read slow. In fact, I barely can read it all. So I read it. It took me about 45 minutes to read it. It's, it's really Sometimes short. I read them slow. Sometimes I read quick. <laughs> it's really short, but it's really, really good. And it's really affecting, too. It affected me in a way that I didn't expect to. So I ended up talking to Chris for like an hour about it because it, it just hit me. Now, was it like him helping you with the big words or actually about yeah, the Yeah, he was helping me with these symbols, these symbols, and then there were spaces in between them. I don't get oh, it. Oh, the period. Okay. You should know what that is. I don't get it. So every week we try to hit y'all with new music. And it's a segment called What Are You Listening To? So we're going to start off with Kwame, who's not listening to Freeway, but what are you listening to? <laughs> <laughs> um, to be perfectly honest, you know what I'm saying? I, I felt like supporting uh, another weirdly rhyming individual, uh, but this cat is from Boom's Hood. <laughs> I was uh, <laughs> checking out Fetty Wap. Uh, uh. Because um, yeah. damn, Quam, I just <laughs> no you know. freeway, but all right, all right. Yeah, I mean, every now and then I like to slum it, and um, you know, everybody was like, "Listen to freeway, listen to freeway, listen to freeway." So I was like, "All right, you know what? Whatever, fine. I'll listen to Fetty Wap because that's close <laughs> enough." What specifically have you been listening to from from Mr. Wap? Uh, <laughs> so he has um, he has a new single out, right? Boom. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Don't put me in. Don't put me in none of this. I don't want no, no parts wait. of this. Edit me out this no, joint. I thought, I thought we were. No, I thought you know everybody was repping their hood. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah. Scraps got the Tech Nine. You know what I'm saying? Low down later. Uh, no, I already, don't. Dog. We already talked about. Take me out this joint. We already talked about Freeway and Philly Most Wanted with Cannon. You know what I'm saying? I thought we were just bringing out the dregs of society from the lower echelons of hip hop. I don't want no parts of this, dog. <laughs> Edit me out all these Man, jokes. leave Kwame alone, man. Let's move on. <laughs> Who's up next? Scrap, Scrap, what are you listening to? I went uh, to the Pusha T concert a couple weeks ago, so I've been mm. 
back on the uh, Pusha T albums. Lyrically, I'm untouchable, uncrushable. Running in a 600, running in a 600. Untouchable, uncrushable. Running in a 600, running in a 600. I drops every blue moon to separate myself from you kings of the YouTube. I am more you too. I am like um, Bono. I just started head. listening to the latest Odyssey album because um, I think he's super dope. So I've been checking yeah, checking yeah. out that joint. That's those are the primary two right now. Boom, what you got? I right, so um my homegirl put me on to this joint. It's like these uh NPR stage show performances, you know what I'm saying? It's like real live, real music, you know, instruments being played. Um, I've been like kind of like a YouTube binging on these joints, you know what I'm mm. saying? It's just, there's a couple, you know, familiar artists and few I haven't uh, heard of before and I'm, you know, trying to get into now, but it's really type dope. So, you know, if you got some time, you know, get your YouTube on. Are you talking about the Tiny Desk concerts? Yeah. Yeah, the Tiny Desk concerts are really, really dope. Yeah, I'm going to have to check those out. T-Pain. T-Pain yeah. was, was known. He He's the one who really See, killed it. Black people don't typically listen to NPR. <laughs> Sadly. Sadly. But what T-Pain did was when he did his Tiny Desk concert, he did it without any auto-tune, and he absolutely destroyed it. Baby girl, what's your name? Let me talk to you. Let me buy you a drink. And I'm T-Pain. You know me. Convict music Killed it. Mm. Killed it. Mm. I think that brought Tiny Desk Concert to a lot more black people, which is fine because Tiny Desk Concert usually does feature primarily independent white artists, whether it's the bearded rock, whether it's the dad rock, right? whether it's the, the dude who doesn't wear socks. <laughs> folk joints. Right. Some hella folk joints. Right. Talk about Rari. Talking about my man Rory now? You going for Rory, dog? Like you just <laughs> no, nah, man. On, I, I like Rory, man, but he doesn't wear socks. <laughs> Y'all said it. I All didn't right. say it. I was saying. I mean, it's true. It's true. <laughs> well, on my MP3 player, I've been banging that Black Milk and Nat Turner, mm. the Rebellion Sessions. Shout out to our boy Ab. Shout out to Malik, the bass, the bass god. Bass god. Shout out bass to god. Z, who goes crazy on the drums. And Black Milk was orchestrating the whole thing. It's an interesting story behind it, too, because they, they recorded the whole thing in seven days. They really just went into a studio. Black Milk orchestrated the whole thing. And um, it, it comes out. It comes out that they were just having fun jamming. And it's a really smooth album. It's really jazzy, but there's hip-hop in it. Mm-hmm. Ab and Malik do some background vocals on it. Black Milk doesn't rap on it at all. Mm. But um, it's really dope. And then the thing on top of that is they also released on SoundCloud something called the Sunday Sessions, which is kind of the precursor to the Rebellion Sessions in that it's outtakes and it's just them doing jams. So if you want go and buy the Rebellion Sessions and then do like I did, which was take the Sunday Outtakes joints and put those at the end of it. So now you got like bonus tracks that that actually flows perfectly into it. Mm. So go check out that Black Milk and Nat Turner, the Rebellion Sessions. And if Black Milk is coming to your city, 
Go see that live. Yeah, sure yeah, do. Yeah, should definitely do that. I just showed, I showed the boy Malcolm uh, we're getting the Black Milk on that uh, Rhythm Roulette joint. Mm. Mm-hmm. He never seen he never seen the Rhythm Roulette joints. He went crazy. Mm. Oh yeah, shout out to the Rhythm Roulette joints. Ninth Wonders joint was dope. Uh, just Blaze's joint was dope. It's this organized noise. And the organized noise joint is really dope. It's this concept where they give a producer a record and they have to or three records. Yeah, they, they go blindfold to, into a record store yeah. and they pick three records at, at the random and they have to make a beat with preferably all three of them joints or one of them joints. Yeah, yeah. And what they come up with on the spot is really, really cool. Yeah. And it's nice to see the process. Yeah, super dope. Makes me look so not talented. <laughs> just Blaze's just Blaze's ridiculous joint. Like that joint was I crazy. liked uh I like Large Professor's joint too. Yeah, yeah. Man. Was dope. Yeah. Manny Fresh. Was it a like a like a New Orleans joint? It's crazy because he, he it wasn't that joint at first, and then he was like, <laughs> "Hey, you know, I want to be from the south." He just put a joint in the beat machine, and he just put them haze in them joints, and it uh, mm. uh, turned into a joint, mm. killed it. Mm. And he did it. He did it like just blaze at the little at the Sprite Studio, so people was just you know all around him, list, uh, watching him do the joint. Mm. All right, uh, can we get a can we get a uh, a Warriors update? Did they win? They killing them. They killing them. Did they? Or they won? Okay. All right. So did they win? Did they win or are they winning? No, they won. I just yeah. Says they won ninety two eighty six. So uh, they they got seventy two, man. So they only need one they more need one to more. Uh, take the record. Yep. I mean, Charlotte had them last time. They, they couldn't. They couldn't. You know, close out. That was the one they were gonna lose. That was the one. The mm. uh, the Grizzlies should have won, man. The, uh, the I, I think yeah. the refs helped them helped out uh, Golden State at the at the end there in the last minute. But we'll see. Well, by the time this podcast is posted, we'll know whether or not the uh, the Warriors have the record. Personally, I want them to get the record. Just, just for history to be made. Are the are the Wizards in the playoffs? Negative. No, fair enough. They're terrible. Are the not as terrible as my six? I was just gonna. Move well, on we all that. know that. But or my Nets, or my Nets. <laughs> Why did you say like? I might go my to my Nets. Might go to a Hornets game. We'll <laughs> my see. Nets are terrible, dog. <laughs> I can I can see your face right now. Mm. My Nets are so bad. So so, so bad. bad. So bad. Terrible. All right. Well, for another week of Defcon Jive. This is Cannon. It's your boy Quams, aka Quam Bomba Trill. Scrapper. <laughs> mm, scrapper. <laughs> <laughs> this is Don Fondant. Got the cake covered, boy. And we out. Dunzo.